Hello, good morning everybody. A very warm welcome to the Sunday service of the Free Community Church on this quite bright and sunny uh, Sunday morning, which is a very welcome break from the speed of rainy weather that we have been having. So my name is Daryl um, and it's my pleasure to be the service leader for today. So if I may kick us off by inviting you to warmly greet and invite one another into this sacred space for a time of worship together. At the same time, also a very warm welcome and shout out to the people joining us online. So do drop a word of hi and hello to uh, in the chat box uh, if you are joining us live so the producers may reach out to you as well. So if I may invite all of us to rise with me in body or in spirit and join me in the call to worship. Come, walk in green pastures. We follow, we follow the, the shepherd. shepherd. Come, lie down in green pastures. We trust, we trust the, the shepherd. Come, dine at the table of abundance. We are fed by the shepherd. Come, dwell in God's house. We, we live, live in, in the, the shepherd's, shepherd's care. care. Loving shepherd, you know our names. You care for us. When we face darkness and death, walk beside us. When we hunger for your love, fill us with your presence. When we are fearful, feed us at your table. May, May we, we dwell, dwell in the house of goodness and mercy all the days of our lives. Amen. Amen. Please remain standing as we join the worship team in a time of worship. Good morning, church. Today, as we enter a time and zone of worship, just a gentle reminder that Within the lyrics and the music, there is God. Through the shadows and entangled in our daily doubts and struggles, there is God. Be it up in the highlands or deep in our heartaches, there is God. And if ever you feel that you lose your way and there's no one to turn to, Please remember, there is God to run to. And wonderfully, God is here.
wherever I stand If ever I walk through the valley of death I'll sing through the shadows my song of exile Whatever I walk through Whenever I walk through Wherever I am Your name can move mountains Wherever I
feelings and the heartache go the same. Oh, oh, oh. In the highlands and the heartache all the same. Let us pray together. Most gracious and loving God, God of the highlands and the valleys, the God who hears our every prayer, you call us to be pilgrims in this journey of life. Before we are swept away by the challenges we face on this journey, Please give us a song. Give us a song of gratitude for the way that you fill us up, even if our glasses are only half full right now. Give us a song of courage to lend a helping hand to some whose need is greater than ours. Give us a song of faith to remember all that you have done so that we can trust you again today. Give us a song of love to help us work for justice by the reverence we show for all of life. Teach us, O oh God, to always keep a song in our hearts. God who sees us, knows us, who knit us together with passions, desires, skills. Please find us when we seem to have lost our way. Protect us from finding our identity in anything but the truth that you love us and that we are yours. Help us discover ourselves, our desires and joys in the things you have created us to do. And may every season of lostness 
remove anything that would keep us from being truly found in you. In all of your holy names we pray. Amen. Good morning. morning. Okay, today's energy a little bit higher than usual because it's sunny today. Maybe you have absorbed some of the energy. Um, And we're continuing our series, uh, our Epiphany Sermon Series. Um, And um, I'd like to invite you to, as we always do, log in to Menti. You can scan the QR code or you can go to fcc.li slash menti. And... um, participate in this uh, um, building up um, and this adventure in some ways and uh, get a little lost with me um, in this sermon. So I'll give you some time to scan the QR code to log into fcc.li slash mentee because I think sometimes uh, um, we skip over the, this slide too fast and people, oh, I missed the train, you know. Um, but would you first join me in prayer? God, may the words from my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, our creator, our companion, our friend. Amen. So today's sermon title is Losing Our Way and Finding Our Way Back. Often in our minds, right, our journeys are about getting from point A to point B usually in the shortest way possible and shortest, shortest in the um, distance or the time taken. And that's how most of our day-to-day journeys are like. And when we talk about journeys, we usually talk about where we are heading towards, why we are going there, and how we are getting there. That's how we plan, right? We get an idea of our destination, where we want to go, we get a map and we work out how to get there. What we don't often talk about is when we get lost or when we lose our way. I'll share with you one experience that I had, um, and this was during a time when I was traveling back uh, during a summer break when I was in seminary, and I took a detour to um, Russia, you know, um, instead of going direct back to Singapore, I went through Russia, um, then Mongolia, you know, Beijing, then fly back to Singapore. And I traveled to Moscow with one of my friends. And I took pride that I memorized some, not the entire, but some of the Cyrillic alphabets so that I could figure out my way around um, in the subway stations. Because, you know, if you can convert those alphabets, you realize that you actually can read Russian to a certain degree. So while we were in the subway, taking a train, my friend asked me, are you sure that we are going the right way? And my pride was pretty hurt by that question. I just said, yes! You know? And what do you know? We were headed the wrong way. Because, you see, while we were heading towards a certain station, because I read the map, right? Um, we were on the circle line. And Russia has two circle lines like we do. And eventually the train will get us to the station that we want to go. But it is going the wrong way. Put it in Singapore's context. It's just as if you are at, uh, in um, um, Harbour Front and you want to go to Dobie God and instead of taking the northeast line, you took the um, circle line. 
Because the circle line tells you the destination is Dobie God, right? Yeah, that was what was happening. We were heading the wrong direction and going the long, the long way. Right? It may not be a wrong way, but it's certainly long. Because, uh, well, the, the, the circle uh, for Moscow is a lot bigger than Singapore's circle line. Right? So, after two stations, I realized my mistake, and I just went, yeah, we are going the wrong way. Very Pisces. Um, of course, that, my friend was like, yeah, you, yeah, you growl, yes, you know. Yeah. And for those of us who drive, and some of you must, might fondly remember um, the GPS navigators like TomTom or Garmin that goes recalculating. When we miss a turn or we went the wrong way or we went a different route, recalculating. Uh, and sometimes the road, you know, just you know, recalculating, that's quite annoying. But it prompts us to check if we have made a wrong turn or lost our way and turn back if necessary. Nowadays, most of, the, most of us use apps that don't tell us recalculating anymore. It just changes the, 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 plot, um, the plotting and, and just tells us where to go next. Right? So I want to open today by asking you a question. How do you know when you have lost your way when you have made a mistake, what are these navigators in your life that helps tells you that recalculating and prompt you to realize, oops, I missed a turn or I'm heading the wrong direction? You know, how do you know? What are these navigators, right, that prompt you or these voices that tell you mm, recalculating? Correct. Waiting for responses. I think a lot of you are probably keen. This question is open-ended, so maybe you, a lot of you are keen longer responses. When other people get angry at me, yeah, right. Sometimes it's our conscience. Sometimes you know, people will say conscience is just like the spirit prompting us. Um, yes, and sometimes it is uh, having no peace. That, that sense of discomfort or unease that tells us something is wrong subconsciously or whether it's subconscious or it's the spirit prompting us um, that something is wrong. Right? More often than not, it's just a hunch. Yeah, it is, right? Knowing, instinct prompting, that inner voice, a lot of frustrations. When something seems unusual, yeah, when I don't like the way I act or behave, there's some reflections, right? God's nudges, that bodily sensation that rejects the wrong option, you know, we, we, we just feel that no, there's something wrong with this. Reflecting, after a certain timing, the feeling doesn't arrive, you know, we have, yeah. Um, uh, when I get easily snappy, or oh, that's me as well, things stop going smoothly. Um, when I feel a nudging in my heart, the uneasy, when I get too angry or frustrated, when I torment myself with regret, when I encounter, I'm shown a better way and I'm able to recognize the, 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 be the better way, right? Uh, when I'm not feeling in sync, rumination, wrong consequences, guilt. Very good, thank you. Um, there are many voices and many navigators in our lives that tell us when we have gone wrong. And it is important that we pay attention to them. Sometimes God puts people and sends people to tell us that we're wrong. Today's lectionary reading actually is from Jonah. 
um, chapter 3, um, verse 1 to 5, um, and verse 10. It skips over a couple of verses because it's a bit too long. Right? The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days' walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed God's mind about the calamity that God has said God will bring upon them, and God did not do it. So some background, right? This is the second time that Jonah was told to go to Nineveh, to, to tell Nineveh, the city, that they have lost their way. This is after the first time that Jonah was told, and Jonah fled the opposite direction. He did not want to go to Nineveh to do that. And that led to, of course, his famous encounter being swallowed, by, swallowed up by the fish. Now, the, many of you, like me, have traveling companions and friends who point out to us when we have gone the wrong way. Some of uh, us start noticing that we are headed the wrong direction, like you say, right? Just like also when I helped in the wrong direction in MRT in Singapore. And I think that time I, was, I, I bumped into John. I was rushing down the Holland V MRT and the door was closing at the MRT. I just charged into the train, not realizing that it was the wrong direction. Instead of going towards Bonavista, I actually headed up towards, uh, uh, what's the next station? Ferrer Road, right? And of course, once on the train, you, know, you realize, oh, wrong direction. Yeah. Sometimes, God prompts us through the Spirit, like many of you have mentioned, right? That unease, that sense of um, um, discomfort, right? Um, and to hear that prompting requires us to be still. Just like when the lake, you know, I, I, I wonder if you have woken up early in the morning before the sun has risen to go to McRitchie, or even, you know, any lake, you know, I've been traveling um, in some lakes I, to watch the sunrise, so we went really early. And just before dawn, because the temperatures all settled, right, there's no wind, and the surface of the lake is totally still, and you can see it, the bottom of the lake, if the, the lake is clear, and even Macritchie Reservoir, when the lake is still, uh, when the reservoir is still, you can actually see quite far down. Right? But when we are agitated, in a rush, anxious, then it is hard to see clearly and hard to sense God's prompting. That's why you know, when we get too angry or frustrated, we don't sense that. We don't get a feel. And we often head down the wrong way then. That's when people around us, who are more still and more calm and often more removed from the situation, can help us see more clearly, or see more clearly than us. And clearly, my friend was a more calm one in Moscow, right? Because I was the one making all the plans, you know, and the routes and all that, so it was my responsibility, right? And my friend was rather chill. 
and able to spot like, hmm, maybe we are going the wrong direction. So I want to ask you, you know, when you have gone the wrong way or gotten lost, do you know why you went the wrong way or why you got lost? When you got lost, do you know why? Because it's not just, I think it's very helpful for us to reflect on the why, not just the fact that we got lost. Knowing the why helps us to recognize the issues, whether they are root causes, whether it is our own you know, issues or the situations that we, are, we were in, right? Blinded by emotions, yeah. Lost focus. Read the map. <laughs> I totally get that. Read, read the map or the situation wrongly. Pride, knee-jerk reaction, anxiety, not paying attention. Well, exploring a different path is actually... Um, I don't think we, get, we are lost when we are going and on an adventure and not, going, not knowing where we are going. Lost is, getting lost is when we, do, we have an idea where to go and we are not, heading, we are not getting there. Purposely getting lost, just as an adventure, you know, sometimes some people like to do that when they travel, to go to a certain part of town that's not full of tourists, it's intentional, so it's not really uh, 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 a exploring a different path. I don't think it's about getting lost, right? Just following others, scared feelings, rushed decisions. Thank you. Oh, fear, right? I, I'm afraid. Taking shortcuts. Oh yeah, that's very common as well. Instant gratification. Thank you for 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 reflecting with me, because uh, you have named a lot of my own. Um, recognition. I went the wrong way or got lost often because, number one, I got distracted. You know, whether it's on my phone, doing something, or, you know, not focused on the journey itself, I got lost. I was in a rush, like running for the MRT, you know, before the door closes. I didn't think clearly, I didn't have time to check, right? I got overconfident. And that's a very common one for me. I don't know if about you. I didn't listen. I didn't listen to the people around me. I didn't listen to advice. And then I got lost. Right? Or, and like what some of you have mentioned, I listened to people. Right? And you know, following someone, and then the person got lost. And then all of us got lost together. Right? Um, and the group I was with had group think maybe. Or we thought we were heading the right way. Or we thought the person who was leading the way knew the way but the person leading us was just as blur or unfamiliar as the rest of us. So we all got lost together. It could be very well that I was the one being overconfident and you were the ones getting lost following me. And we all got lost together. All right? Whether it is on a journey or other paths that we take. And it is good to reflect. Which is why I, the work of pastoral leadership it's a challenging one. And I'm grateful to not have to do this alone. I have Pauline and other leaders who would ask, are you sure we're heading the right way? <laughs> Once in a while, a reminder. And these are the checks and balances that help us stay on the right path. Or if we got lost, make our way back. So when we 
are lost, what do we do? Sounds like a silly question, right? Of course, we would say we will turn around and we will get back on track. That may be so that, you know, if we were on the wrong train and we realised it, just like, you know, my adventure in M the MRT here and my adventure at the Moscow subway. But there are times in life when we make the wrong decision and we actually stick with the wrong decision all the way through. And we don't change up. We don't change, even though we know it's the wrong decision. Why do you think that we stay lost or we stay in the wrong path even when we know it? You know? I mean, personal experience, and maybe you can see, you have seen other people as well having those experiences, right? Sunk cost, inertia, pride, ego. I, I think you all hit the jackpot. As you type in the answers, you know, when I was reading the, the lecturing text of, from the book of Jonah, the one who is actually lost is not Nineveh. The one who is lost is actually Jonah. Because Jonah, when God told him to go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come before me, he flees into the opposite direction to Tashish. You know, when God is pointing there, you're going the wrong direction. Yeah, that's definitely lost. When God shows Nineveh mercy, after the verse that I read, right, after the passage that I read, after, you know, um, verse 10, Jonah gets angry at God. Angry because the Ninevites were the, were the enemy. Nineveh was the capital city of the Assyrian Empire who have who has constantly been the enemies of the Israelites, right? They conquered the northern kingdom. But even after God sent a fish to swallow Jonah and brought Jonah back on track, even after Jonah proclaimed God's message to Nineveh, and even after he himself witnessed the repentance of the city, Jonah remained lost. He refused to change his mind. He was angry at God because God showed mercy to his enemies. Jonah's hatred of the Ninevites was the reason he remained lost. What about us? What, why do we stay lost or stray off the path or stay on the wrong path? Lesson not learned yet? Convenient? Too much opportunity cost, safe face, it's comfortable, change is difficult, mentally easier, don't cause trouble, persistence, some cost, cannot let go, terrified to prove a point. Actually, sometimes to prove a point, staying when you know you're wrong is to prove a point that you're wrong. Um, doesn't help, right? Fear, um, but the biggest one there is pride. Right? Um, stubborn. Oh, that's so familiar to me. <laughs> Thank you for these responses. We don't realize, or at least when we are lost or we are wrong, I think I think of four different things, right? We don't even realize that we are wrong or lost. No one told us, or we didn't listen to people who are telling us. Ego, we are stubborn, right? 
I think one that did not pop up is we are ashamed. Shame. We are ashamed to admit that we are lost or wrong, right? Oh, yeah, saving face, that's the one. That's ego as well. And the last one is we are still holding on to our old biases, our old ideas, our old hatreds. And like Jonah, maybe we are still unforgiving. So when we are lost, what do we do? We find our way back. And to do so, to find our way back, we need to, one, realize that we are lost. And that often is an epiphany, a sudden realization. Oh no, I made a mistake. Oh no, I'm on the wrong path. That is a kind of epiphany. Second thing is to admit to God, to ourselves, to, and to others that we are lost. That honesty, that requires honesty. And third, to repent. And to repent meaning turn back, right? Get back on the right track. The song that we sang, Highlands, is subtitled the song, A Song of Ascent, right? And it refers to the Psalms in the Bible that are also known as the pilgrim songs. So the city of Jerusalem is situated on a hill. And Jews traveling to Jerusalem for one of the three main annual Jewish festivals traditionally sang these songs as they ascend or go up or walk on the uphill road to the city. And according to some traditions, the Jewish priests also sang some of these songs of ascent as they walked up the steps to the temple in Jerusalem. I hope that you have some songs of ascent too. Songs that, sing, that you sing in your hearts or aloud as you find your way back to God or as you seek to experience God. But Highlands, I really love the chorus because it says, I will praise you in the mountains and I'll praise you when the mountains in my way. But I think the things that prevent us from praising God The obstacles are usually not mountains. Physical obstacles are often overcome by our determination. From my experience, what keeps people away from God is pride and shame. Pride prevents us from admitting our mistakes. Pride puts us at a higher level than God. And shame... It's kind of the opposite, right? Shame makes us think that there's no way God will love us anymore after what we have done. And that's why many people feel that they cannot go to church. They cannot pray anymore, right? Even in their own private space because of shame. They do not believe that they are worthy of God's love. Which is why the lyrics, no less God within the shadows, no less faithful when the night leads me astray, is so powerful and resonates so much with me. Now, the no less faithful is not talking about us. When we are astray, actually, actually we are not being faithful. Right? But no less faithful is actually referring to God. 
God is faithful even when we are lost, even when we screw things up big time, even, and I think especially when we are at our rock bottom, at the gravest valleys, that's when we encounter the pastures of God's grace. Because God is with us even when we make mistakes. God continues to pursue us, to run after us, because nothing can make God stop loving us. It is our pride and our ego and our shame that keeps us from believing that God still loves us. God will not turn away from us. Jesus describes God as the shepherd who leaves the 99 sheep in search for the lost one. As the woman who searches for the lost coin, even at great expense, lighting the oil lamp. Yes, Elvin, your sermon. Huh? And the one, the parent who runs out to welcome the lost child when the lost child returns. And also the parent who loves the child who has stayed by their side, yet still lost. We are gods. We are gods forever and nothing can separate us from God's love. That is the starting point where we can realize lost and we can turn back. We are always welcome home. And that is also when I realize why King David Someone who broke three out of the Ten Commandments is described as a man after God's own heart. This is repeated twice. One is in 1 Samuel um, chapter 13, verse 14, and another time in Acts 13, verse 22. I mean, David broke the Tenth Commandment by coveting another man's wife, Bathsheba, the Seventh Commandment by committing adultery with her, and the Sixth Commandment by arranging for the death of Bathsheba's husband, Uriah three of the Ten Commandments broken. And I always struggled with that. And I realized I was like Jonah here. I was angry at God's love and God's mercy on King David. But King David understood God's heart and God's mercy. And that leads to Psalm 51 which I love a lot. The prayer and the song of praise after someone realized that they have done something wrong, they've committed evil. There's an admission of wrongdoing and there's repentance. King David wrote Psalm 51 when he realized he was wrong. When he admitted to God and to himself that he has done something wrong. And he repented. So I want to read Psalm 51 to you and invite you to meditate on the words. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, block out my transgressions. Wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions 
and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you're right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and block out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast love, a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the great joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I'll teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God my Saviour, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I will bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, do not, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous, in the burnt offerings offered whole. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. May this song be your song or your prayer too when you're lost and you want to find your way back to God. When you know that you have done something wrong and you turn back towards God again. God is the summit where your feet are. So wherever you are, whether it is in the highlands or the heartaches, God is with you. Know that love that is unshakable and unfailing. And know when you trust that, you know that you'll be accepted back no matter what. I want to end today with a reflection on Pauline's sermon last week. Because sometimes when we get lost, we don't just get lost as individuals, but as communities and even as nations. Last week, Pauline talked about the background during the time of the judges, right? And trigger warning, you know, I will be talking about sexual violence and abuse and rape, so it affects you. Please feel free to disconnect, you know, walk out of the sanctuary for a while, turn off the live stream for maybe two, three minutes, um, because I'm very aware that, you know, the, um, the text is actually very, very violent, especially against women. Every time I lead Bible study on Sodom and Gomorrah, 
you know, when people ask, you know, you know is, it, is the sin of Sodom gay, you know, homosexuality and all that, and in Genesis 19, I always ask people to read Judges 19. And most people, when I ask, say they have not read Judges 19 before. Because it's a very violent um, passage, right? In Judges 19, the men from the tribe of Benjamin wanted to sexually assault the Levite. It wasn't the concubine first. It was the Levite who was staying with the old man from Ephraim. And the Levite actually put his concubine out and the man raped and abused the concubine all through the night. The next morning, you know, she was you know, lying there. You know, she couldn't get up. Dead or alive, we don't know. The text doesn't say. The Levite puts her on the mule, goes home, cuts her into 12 pieces. Like, huh? And send these 12 pieces throughout the territory of Israel. And that leads to a civil war that nearly wipes out the whole tribe of Benjamin. Then, as Pauline pointed out, in Judges 21, to preserve the tribe of Benjamin, because they were decimated, right? They adopt and raped two communities of women so that they can have repopulate the tribe. There were 600 women that were adopted and raped in Judges 21. And the account relates it as though it's, okay, because of one atrocity, they commit even more atrocities. Does that make sense? I wonder why these atrocities are preserved in the Bible. Why these violent things are still there. I wonder what God is trying to tell us here. Recalculating. Telling us when we lose our way. I believe that these acts of atrocities were recorded in the holy text. Maybe the people who wrote it down didn't think that they were atrocities, but today we look at it, we know that they are. They are warnings to us to tell us when we are going the wrong way. When we are committing evil. When someone does something wrong to us, it doesn't mean that we are allowed to do wrong in retaliation. That isn't what Jesus taught. Jesus taught turn the other cheek. So when Pauline talks about Judges, these three chapters, 19 to 21, I cannot but think about the current situation in Gaza. Yes, Israel was attacked on October the 7th. Atrocities were committed. But that doesn't give anyone any license to commit more atrocities back. Pauline talked about the book of Judges and said, the nation of Israel was falling apart. The system of judgeships had failed miserably. With the, all the chaos, how could the community possibly continue? Would it cease to exist before it began? Would the promise God made to Abraham go unfulfilled? 
Who would God send to deal, deal with this mess? That same question is before us today. That same question confronts us. It's right before us. We can pretend it isn't there. We can ignore. Or we can be awakened to God's prompting to speak up. I believe we must join in the voices that cry, cease fire now. There is no other way. There is no other way of conscience. There's no other way of justice but cease fire now. Will you pray with me? God, when we go down the wrong path, when we make mistakes, help us set aside our pride, our egos, our self-centeredness, our shame, so that we can come to realize that we are wrong and have done evil in your sight. Yet, we are anchored in your love that is unconditional and unfailing. So we can say, we know our transgressions and our sin is always before us. So we can repent and say, create in us a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within us. Let our sacrifice to you, God, be our broken spirit and our broken and contrite hearts, so we may turn from our evil ways and find our way back to you. God, you are the shepherd and you are calling. May we hear your voice and come home. Amen. As we prepare ourselves for a time of Holy Communion, I just invite you to take a moment to recenter yourself, taking a moment to perhaps check in with how you are feeling right now, taking a deep breath, sensing into the body and the space around us. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we may not all be physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. This table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. Good Shepherd, we take your care for granted. In the midst of your many blessings, we complain of not having enough. In the presence of danger, we fail to trust your abiding love. 
When you set a table before us, we turn aside from you. Call us back into your fold and help us trust your caring presence and provision that our actions may proclaim your truth. Together, surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. God forgives our failures and calls us back into the flock. Loving God, our Good Shepherd, we are the sheep of your pasture. You know us by name. We offer grateful thanks for your loving care. Open our hearts and minds to the guiding of your Spirit in our lives. Lead us in right paths that we may serve you in truth and action. Amen. God prepares a table for us, offering us a feast of abundant love. Our cups overflow with the bounty of grace, for our shepherd knows us as no one else can. Restoring our souls, healing our brokenness, nourishing us with bread and cup for the life of ministry. We remember how Jesus, our shepherd, took bread and after giving thanks, broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. May the stewards come forward to distribute the elements. If you are new with us, um, when you receive the elements, please hold on to it. We will be partaking of them um, together as one body.
Come to the table and feast with the shepherd. Let us partake of these communion elements together with thanksgiving. Invite you to rise um, in body or in spirit and join me in the prayer of communion. All together. God of love, you, you abide with us. Your loving presence stills us. You provide us with all that we need in abundance. Help us love one another in truth and action. Help us give of ourselves to those in need. Help us care for others the way our shepherd cares for us. May our lives reflect our wholehearted trust in our, in our shepherd's everlasting love and care. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And pass the cups to the owls um, for collection by the stewards. A very uh, good morning once again to all of you. Uh, very nice to have you uh, join us both in person and in on online on this still bright and sunny Sunday morning. Let's see how this will, how long this will hold up. Yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. Huh? Last few days were quite rainy, I think. Uh, my name is Daryl. I'm service leader for today. So uh, thank you again uh, for joining us. Um, thanks also uh, uh, to Miak for I think that very passionate and uh, energetic uh, message that we got this morning. Uh, very impassioned, and I think I especially like uh, the first question. Actually, what signals to us where when we are going wrong? And I, I, it, what really struck me and I appreciate the responses was a lot of it is all about that feeling, right? That nudge we we get. Sometimes it's just a whisper, it's just a kind of bodily sensation of unease. And some and so it it, it so much of it is really that sense of little discomfort that we can't really pinpoint. It's sometimes instinctive, it's intuitive. But unfortunately sometimes we tend to run away from signals like that. We tend to want to suppress it or avoid it. So a lot of actually what I do or I encourage people to do actually is to pay attention and not run away from the things that are uncomfortable. Those are sometimes the, the strongest signals that we have uh, for when maybe we need to reconsider whether we are on the right path and therefore kind of just double check. We may be very well, we may be still doing okay, but it's good to just double check where we are, where we are headed. So, so um, if you are new to FCC, a very warm, special welcome to you. Uh, we would like to reach out to you and get to know you better and introduce ourselves as well as a congregation and as a church. So please um, drop, us, drop us your details in this um, kind of electronic form. Um, you can go to the website fcc.ly slash welcome. 
um, and leave us your details. We do run newcomers meetings once every month. Um, usually happens uh, immediately after service on the last Sunday of the month. So do drop by. Our next newcomers meeting will be on the 28th of January, which is next Sunday immediately after service. You will get to meet with the pastors as well as some of the leaders in church and find out a little bit more about life in FCC and what we believe in and, and how things are run here. All right, and now we move into a time of giving as we worship with our offering. Um, as you can see, there are several ways to um, give, either through online means or later physically, the stewards will be going around with the offering bag. Um, we do really appreciate your help and support. FCC is fully um, funded and run based on your generous um, giving in terms of both the... So we have both the general fund, which is... Um, for operational uses, keep things running, as well as we have um, actually the building and renovation fund, which kind of looks after the physical space that we are in. So as, as the mortgage has been paid down, we are moving into time of renewing actually our physical space this year. And so we are, we are hoping to actually um, raise funds um, from the re for the renovation fund. So two separate uh, giving modes um, and, and the QR codes will be there pasted on the seats in front of you as well as on the screen. Um, so before I have the stewards go around, let's uh, um, join me in a word of prayer as I give thanks for the offering. Dear God, as you are with us both in the mountains and in the valleys, we give thanks for the gifts that we lay at your feet and on this table both in terms of financial giving, but also in, time, in terms of our time, our effort in ministry. In humility and gratefulness, we present these gifts to you. Bless the hands that have prepared these as we move forward and carry out your will in this world. All this I pray in the Lord Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Um, will the sewers come forward to just to pick take up the offering? And if you are, if you would like to drop a, a cash offering in the offering bag, please um, indicate, raise your hands, and the stewards will come round to you. And as they are doing so, I'll go into a time of announcements. We have several announcements this morning. Firstly, we will be um, doing uh, a round of spring cleaning of church. So I think uh, we've not done spring cleaning for quite a while, maybe a few years in fact actually. So things have accumulated and we are taking uh, the lead up to Chinese New Year this year to do a spot of spring cleaning. And also really importantly, preparing the space for the renovations that are coming up later this year. Yeah. Um, so that will happen uh, after church, after service next uh, Sunday on the 28th. We are calling for volunteers. Uh, we do need all the manpower that we can get in terms of cleaning and clearing the things. Um, especially important will be actually calling for representatives from ministries as well as cell groups because there may be items that uh, either the ministry, especially the ministries, but some cell groups may have left things in church and we want to make sure they go back to the right owners or are disposed of appropriately. So if, if we don't have representatives around to claim the objects 
firstly, if you have anything left here you want to take back, please take back first. Huh? So don't leave it here for the spring cleaning. But if, you, if we have people around, at least we know what to do with the things that we find. So um, do kind of just stay back after service and help out um, for spring cleaning next Sunday. And very excitingly, we are coming up to our annual Lunar New Year reunion lunch. So FCC has this reunion lunch every year. I think with, with the exception of COVID years, I suppose. Um, but we've really, this has been a long-running tradition. We will be holding uh, our reunion lunch this year on Sunday, the 18th of February. That will be after service uh, on 18th of February. Location will be at Kambod Teochew Restaurant at the Orchard Rendezvous Hotel. Um, and cost this year will be kept at $60 per pax. And as I was just looking at this um, uh, announcement, I was just thinking back to the years when it used to be $40, right? But it's risen quite a bit. And I know the um, coming from the organization point of view, the people hosting and trying to put together lunch really puts a lot of effort to try to cap um, costs as much as possible. So we want to make the lunch as accessible as possible to everyone. So don't let costs stop you from joining us. Please um, come forward um, to speak with the pastors if you find that um, um, the cost-wise is, is a problem and we'll figure out how to help you with that. So do sign up on the registration deadline. We do need to put in uh, uh, our reservation. So the deadline will be on 9th of February. And as a side note to this, Actually, um, just a reminder and, and putting out early as well, we will not, because Chinese New Year this year falls, I think, on a, a weekend. So it's a Friday, is it a Friday, Saturday? It's Saturday, Sunday, yeah. So Sunday will be a second day of the Chinese New Year. And so we will not be having physical service on the second day of Chinese New Year, which is the 11th of February. Just an early note to everyone uh, for that. All right. Let's move on. So um, this is a, a notice to everyone that these are the upcoming dates for actually our one-ship meetings. So one-ship meetings are what we call actually our board meetings, our combined board and council meetings. Um, so this is an encouragement for everyone, all members as well as friends of FCC, you can actually sit in with our board um, uh, management meetings. Sounds very boring, right? But actually... I, I feel personally, at least, uh, all these years of um, being involved in the meetings, I think there's a, actually a lot to be learned. Firstly, about FCC, but in general, actually about how things are managed, how an organization like that of this size is managed. And I've really benefited actually from my time in that, in that sense. La. So a little bit of enticement. Do join us. Um, understand how things are, are run around here and, and feel free to contribute your voice as well. I think uh, um, the board is very open to hearing suggestions and feedback and all that. So mark the dates, yeah? Um, last announcement is for our lunch khaki. So fellowship doesn't end um, with service. It continues after service into lunch. Um, and lunch khakis is our ministry to kind of host lunch for those of you who may not know people too well and may not have actually people uh, 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 a regular lunch uh, group to lunch with. So Gordon will be our lunch khaki tonight. He's in red, standing at the back of the sanctuary and waving right now. Um, so if you would like to join in for lunch, he's not going to pay for your lunch. Huh? He's just there to uh, uh, host you for, for and, and bring people together. So <laughs> do go and look for him uh, after service and we, you will head down for lunch all together. So that brings me to the end of announcements. But today, 
we will be celebrating our January birthday babies. So I have Pauline come up to do that. Okay, so it's our celebrating birthday um, babies uh, weekend. And uh, we have some birthday babies with us. Uh, so I want to invite those of you who feel comfortable, you know, to please come up. We want to pray for you, sing for you, wish you. Uh, come, 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 Victor. Come, chewing. Anyone else? Um, and if your name is not up there, please feel free to come up as well. If it's your birthday in January, we'd love to pray for you as well. Um, and what we'll do is that we'll pray for them first, all right? Then we'll sing and get them to block candles. I'll invite the worship team to come up also, right? So y'all can be involved in the singing and the playing as well. <laughs> yes, are we ready to pray for them? Come, let's pray for them. Come, come, come. God of birthdays of all of our days, but especially on the day that we were born. We remember how, God, you knitted us together in our mother's womb, how you looked upon us with such joy and delight, thinking about the plans that you have for us, plans to prosper us, plans to give us a hope and a future. And I pray that especially for our January babies, for all of them, those who are here, those who are online, those who may not be able to be here with us as well, that God, you will continue to prosper them, that you continue to remind them about the hope and the future that you have for each one of them. And I pray that even as a community, there will be a community that will love them, will help them journey in this um, journey called life. And, that, and we thank you for the blessing that they are to us as well, for how they have been such an important presence and how their gifts have been such a gift to us too. We pray for them that God, you'll go ahead of them to prepare their way even this new year, that you'll go with them, that you'll be their companion every step of the way and you'll go behind them to support them even in times when it gets difficult. And so we commit them lovingly into your care as we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, this is a post COVID procedure. <laughs> So that y'all can share in <laughs> So y'all can share in the cake later, okay, without any concern. <laughs> okay, and now I want to invite the worship team to lead us in the last song before we go into our benediction. Okay. Alright. For one more time today, let's rise. Let's sing through the shadows, run through the valleys, and find our way back ever-faithful God who brings us back to life.
God, we are yours, forever yours. Even in the times when we have lost our way, God, we are yours. So help us, God, to return to you, to return to your fold of love, and to be reminded that your grace and love empowers us to do the right things, to be the right people in our day and age. And so now go. Go as God's beloved people, knowing that even in times 
when you feel lost, that God is there, and that God loves you, and that God is waiting to welcome you home again into God's arms, always and forever. And may the grace of our God go with you both now and always. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for service today. Go and may God's grace go with you. Amen.